everybody. Welcome once again to another service first and online. As Pastor Ron just mentioned, we are uh, on number six, the Gatitudes are small individual statements. Yet they're taken, when they're taken together, they provide us with the basis, the foundation of eight things that Jesus says will bring God's blessing on your life. So these statements are eight basic statements that if you can uh, apply these to your life, you will have God's blessing resting upon you. So far in our series, we've talked about our dependence on God, we've talked about brokenness, having spiritual humility. Two weeks ago, we talked about spiritual hunger, and then last week we talked about mercy. Today, we're going to look at a very and it has to do with integrity. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Thank you for the microphone. Let me, let me repeat Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 again. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Then we move on to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. And the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, I want you to keep those two verses in mind. Because those verses that we've just read are the antithesis to what is happening in our culture today. Because in our culture today, our culture is absolutely obsessed with appearance. How you look. Our culture is obsessed, uh, is all about image. If you're beautiful and you're considered bright, you are the best. Let me remind you of something that we tend to forget as people. God is not into personal appearance. God couldn't care less, really, about your achievements or your accomplishments or your acquisitions. God isn't interested in how educated you are or how wealthy you become. God doesn't care how popular you are to popular culture or how famous you become. Your image is not important to God. What God is most concerned about and what is most important to God is that God really cares about the health of your heart, the condition of your spiritual walk with him. You are how you are or who you are as a person on the inside. That is what God is most concerned about. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. The pure in heart will experience the presence of God. The pure in heart will feel the power of God. The pure in heart will know the purpose of God in their life. The pure of heart will live in the peace of God. The pure of heart will experience the forgiveness and grace of God. So then the question becomes, what does it mean to be pure in heart? Well, pure in heart is not really a term that we use in our everyday language today. 
But the word for pure in heart that we use today is the word integrity. Integrity is interchangeable in the Bible with the word blameless. When you see the word blameless, a lot of times in your translation, that's what it means to be integrous. So if God says in the Bible, as we read a few moments ago, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, that God blesses those whose hearts are blameless, blameless. In other words, he is saying, I will bless those who have integrity. So what does integrity mean? It doesn't mean that you are sinless or that you don't make any mistakes. It doesn't mean that you are absolutely perfect because none of us is perfect. And if you are perfect and if you have to be perfect and you never do anything wrong to have integrity, then none of us will ever have integrity because integrity integrity has to has nothing to do with being perfect or not making any mistakes. So it's not talking about being sinless or being perfect. Instead, there are three words that define what it means to be a person of integrity. The words are wholeness and authenticity and unmixed motivation. Those three words describe what it means to be a person of integrity. Now I want to take a moment and just look at those words very briefly. Wholeness. Wholeness. For those of you who remember taking mathematics in school, we get the word integrity from the word integer. And in math, in school, if you remember, an integer is a whole number. It's not a fraction, it's not part of a number, it's not a decimal, it's a whole number. Integer means whole. Integrity in your life means that you are whole. We also get the word integration, integration from the word integer. Integration is the opposite of segregation. You've heard that term used in our culture today. Segregation means you divide things up and you divide people up into different categories. That's what segregation means. But God has designed and he wants the church and the people in the church to be all about integration. Integration means in the church that we are part of a whole family. Though we don't look the same We don't talk the same. We certainly don't act the same. We don't smell the same. We don't come from the same background. We don't even have the same skin color, but we are all part of the same family. The church, no matter where you've come from, you've been integrated into the family of God. That's wholeness. That's what integrity means. God wants his church to be a church of integrity. We're whole, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you look like, no matter what your skin color is like, you're part of the family of God. We're whole. Secondly, integrity means authenticity. That's the second word. It means you are real. You're not fake. You're not phony. You're not pretending. You're not trying to be somebody that you're not. In other words, you are exactly the person 
that you appear to be. It means you are exactly the same person no matter where you are. You are the same person with everybody. No matter which part of your life you are dealing with. By that, by that I mean there are a lot of people who think their life is like a pie. Different slices, different slices of the pie are for different things in your life. So one slice in the pie may be your career, your work life. Another slice of the pie may be your family life. Another slice of the pie is your church life, your spiritual life. Another slice of the pie may be your social life or your sports life, your sex life, your friendship life, etc., etc., etc. Integrity means that no matter what slice of the pie you are living in, you are exactly the same person. In other words, the person that I am in church today is the same person when I am with my family after church. And it means that I am the same person on Monday in my place of employment. That's what authenticity means. I am the same person. And if you are a person of integrity, you act as a person the same no matter where you are. It's not like I'm trying to act one way here and another way over here, and then I act a different way over here. I am the same no matter where I find myself in. Thousands of years ago, during the great Greek culture, during the time of Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, when great plays were written like Homer and Iliad and Odyssey, there would be one actor who would play multiple roles on stage. The actor would come onto stage and he would have a certain mask on over their face and he would play a certain role and, and then he would go off of the stage and he would change his clothing and he would come back onto stage with another mask on and he would play another role. In Greek stage plays, the same actor could play Multiple roles with multiple different masks. And the actor in Greek was called Hupocritus. We get the word hypocrite in the English language. And a hypocrite means that you are not the same person with everybody. It's the exact opposite of integrity. You lack authenticity if you act like a hypocrite. It means that you are a certain way with this group of people. It means you are a different way with this group of people. You're not acting the same with everybody. You're actually wearing a mask in different situations as you encounter people. So it's important to understand this important concept that comes along with integrity. It has to be with authenticity. Then integrity thirdly means, this third word means unmixed motivation. It means that you do the right thing for the right reason. It means you are sincere. It means you are straightforward. Integrity is what you are when nobody is looking, when you are by yourself. Integrity is what you really think and act and do and nobody will find out. Unmixed motivation. I was at Home Depot 
when there was no snow on the ground, looking at sod for my backyard. There was a dead area of grass in my yard. And so I I counted, I measured, I figured things out, and I realized I probably need about 10 pieces of sod. So I went to Home Depot into the garden section, and I paid for 10 pieces of sod. And I asked the cashier, where do I pick up my sod? And they said, well, you go out front, and there's a canopy off on the off the side of the parking lot, and underneath that canopy, you'll find some sod. And so I backed my car up and started loading my trunk, counting the pieces of sod as I was loading them up. One, two, three, four, five. And then when I got to about the sixth piece of sod, I thought to myself, I might need... 12 pieces instead of 10 pieces of sod. I don't, think, I don't think 10 pieces of sod is going to be enough. But I didn't want to go back into the store and pay for two extra pieces of sod. I mean, there's just two lousy pieces of sod, right? There's just a couple of pieces of dirt with grass on it. It's no big deal. And I, I, I noticed, I started looking around as I'm in this, in this area of sod. I'm looking around. Is there anybody else around? Can anybody see me? Uh, who's going to notice if I take two extra pieces of sod? Nobody's out there. I don't, I don't even see CCTV cameras anywhere. I, I think I can get... And I, and I noticed myself rationalizing in my brain why I should take two extra pieces of sod because I didn't want to go pay... For the extra piece. And I I started saying crazy things like, you know, by the end of the day, no one's going to notice that two extra pieces of sod. And and really, if this sod is out here, it's going to dry out. And, you know, I'm I'm salvaging sod. It's going to die. They're going to throw these pieces of sod away anyway. So might as well take these two pieces of sod. It's not going to hurt anybody if I take another couple of pieces of sod. The integrity issue at that moment... Was God or sod? That was the integrity issue. Which one of those am I going to choose at that moment? God or sod? But God is interested in integrity. Integrity is all about who you are. When you are alone and nobody is watching. See, these three words describe what integrity means. And once we understand and you embrace integrity in your life, there are some incredible benefits, blessings that are imparted upon you. When you understand these words and how they define integrity, the wholeness, the authenticity, the unmixed motivation, when you can understand that, then you can look at the beautiful benefits that come along with knowing that. And one of the great benefits that comes along when we have integrity is the blessing of personal confidence. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 9 says, People with integrity walk safely. But those who follow crooked paths will be 
exposed. See, when you have integrity, you become, the kind of kind of, you become the kind of person that other people like to be around because you know who you are. They know who you are, how you live, how you conduct yourself. They know where you're going. You're not a phony. You're not trying to make sure you're putting... You, you understand exactly who you are. They know who you are right up front. You're not a fake. And people have confidence in you because they can trust you. There's just something about that kind of confidence that is attractive to others. They can trust you. It's comforting. It's strengthening to them. It's relaxing. When I have integrity, when I have integrity, I don't have anything to hide. I'm standing on solid ground. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3 says, Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Integrity helps you to determine the course of your life and which direction you should go in life. It will help you and show you what you can do next. When you're connected to God with integrity, you will see God's plan. You will see God's purposes for your life better, and they become clearer to you every day. It becomes like a guide to you. That's one of the wonderful benefits of living in integrity. A second benefit of integrity is that it creates a lasting legacy. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 7 says, The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. That's an incredible promise. There is a legacy that follows you through your entire life and into the next generation if you embrace this whole concept of integrity. The greatest, le- the greatest legacy that anyone can leave behind, the greatest legacy is integrity. Because that legacy goes from generation to generation to generation. Because the character that you have established is going to be transmitted and translated into the lives of other people around you. And then will affect the next generation as well. Listen, all the trophies, all the awards, all the accolades that you may earn in your life one day, people will gather up and throw them in the trash. All that you have done when you retire from your workplace, when you retire, is going to be given to someone else and the and they will forget about you, and they will, they will not even remember who you were. But your investment in being a person of integrity will be noticed by everybody. People will notice that you've impacted one, uh, them because you were honest with them, you were truthful with them, they could count on you, you were steadfast in your life. People, people could rely upon you. You were the same person day in and day out. That will not be forgotten by people. Look at chapter 8 verse, through verse 7. But if you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, and if you are pure and live with integrity, He will surely rise up and restore your happy home. And, you, and though you started with little you will end with much. Folks, you need to circle that verse. You need to underline that verse. You need to highlight that verse. 
That verse is a description of the importance of living a life with integrity. And if you know the story of Job, you know that Job decided against all other people's advices, he decided to maintain his integrity through a very difficult season in his life. Even though he lost everything, he would not renounce the Lord and he maintained his integrity and he did not compromise his faith. And at the end, he was doubly blessed. Now when you read this verse, that verse that we just read in Job chapter 8, verse 5 through verse 7, that verse should give you an immense hope. It should be an incredible hope in, in you. Even though, listen, even though we make mistakes, even though we mess up, even though we're not perfect people, and though we doubt sometimes, and sometimes we waver when we go through difficult situations in life, my story is never over, even, even if it is absolutely terrible things happening around me, when I respond with integrity, God will continue to bless me because my story is never over if I live in integrity. Another benefit, thirdly, of integrity is an eternal reward. Matthew chapter five, uh, 25, verse 21. The master was full of praise. The master said, well done. My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in hand small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now I want you to circle that word or keep that word in mind, small amount, these words. If you have your Bible, circle those words, small amounts. If you're reading this verse, highlighting that verse is incredibly important. Small amounts, that's where the reward is. Sometimes we think that rewards, real integrity is found in the big moments of life. Real integrity is found on stage. It's easy to have integrity when people are watching, when you're in the public forum. You, moti- you can motivate yourself to be integ- integrous at a certain moment in time in the glamour moment. You can, you can certainly pretend you're integrous. But it's in the small, inauspicious moments where real integrity shines. What the Bible is describing for us here is in the small act of kindness in obscurity towards somebody that will be rewarded. A small prayer of faith in a brief moment with someone that will be rewarded in eternity. A small word of encouragement, a small card that is written that you give out this week will be rewarded in eternity. A quick decision in your heart and in your mind to reject a temptation will be rewarded in eternity. See, we don't realize, we don't realize the significance of small. But when you understand the difference that integrity can have in those small moments, in those small incremental minute details in life, it can set the course for all eternity in your life when you respond 
with integrity. So as I wrap up today, I want to give you a simple list of common, practical ways that you can develop integrity. It's, it's, a, it's incredibly important for us to understand this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm just going to go through and explain these points because when you hear these points, I don't need to explain them to great detail because as, uh, the moment I say them, you will immediately begin to understand them. And that's how I want to wrap up. I want to give you some practical implications in our day and age to what Jesus is saying. Blessed are those with the pure heart. Blessed are those who are blameless. Blessed are those who have integrity. Here are some very strict, practical things that when you embrace them will provide immense blessing on your life. You become a person of integrity, number one, by keeping your promises. People of integrity keep their word. If they say they will do it, they will do it. If they say they will be there, they will be there. If they say that you can count on them, you can count on them. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 14 says, A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. Broken promises that people casually slough off. And listen, when they do that, it literally undermines the whole concept of integrity. When people slough off and don't fulfill the promises that they have verbally made, they become nothing more than a vapor. It's nothing more than vapor. They don't bring any benefit to anybody's life, it's just smoke and mirrors. Psalm 15, verse 4 says, Keep your word. Keep your word even when it costs you. That's a very practical aspect of integrity. The second thing is, pay your bills. This is financial integrity. And the way that you are using your money is a test of your integrity. In other words, do you let yourself spin out of control and get yourself into debt to things that you can't pay off and then just simply don't pay them? That's a lack of integrity. And the Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 21, the wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. In other words, what the Bible is saying, people of integrity pay their bills. Thirdly, Refuse to gossip. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. This is relational integrity. That means you don't talk one way to one group of people and then go behind their backs and talk about them behind their backs. Or you don't, li- you don't act like you are somebody's friend Behind their back, you badmouth them and you cut them off at the knees. The Bible is saying here is if you are a person, you are a person that lacks integrity and you will not have God's blessing on your life if you gossip about other people. Do you know what we need today more than anything else? We need people of integrity who know how to keep a secret and not put stuff on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or pass stuff out through social media. 
We need people in our day and age today who can be a safe haven for people that when they come to you and they tell you things that they can feel safe without them becoming afraid that their stuff is going to be published online or spoken about in a public form or behind their back. We need people in our culture today, in our churches today, who are real friends that can stay true to everybody when, they, when everybody else walks out on them. They can trust you and count on you, and they won't rub it in when you make a mistake and mess up. We need people who are compassionate. The Bible says confidence. Keeping a confidence is what the Bible states. And the question we need to ask ourselves, can I be a person who can keep confidence? Or am I the person that as soon as somebody tells me something, do I turn around and immediately go tell it to somebody else? If you are a person that does that, you're not a person of integrity. And certainly God's blessing will not rest on your life. Here's the fourth way to develop integrity. Tithe faithfully. That's spiritual integrity. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 says, Should people cheat God? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And God replies, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings that are due me. Verse 10. Bring all the tithes, that means 10% of your income, of your resourcing. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of hosts of heavens, heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Tithing is a test of your integrity. When you give 10% of your income, you are trusting God with the remaining 90% and that you will live in a far better condition with 90% and it will go much further at 90% than if you had kept all of it. And these verses are a test with a promise. These verses are a test with a promise that if you wholeheartedly walk in financial and spiritual integrity and you do this, God will abundantly pour his blessing out on your life. And then God adds this caveat statement at the very end. He says, you don't believe me? Test me. Test me in this. And see how much blessing I will pour up on your life. Number five. Be your best at work. Common ways that you can just develop integrity. We understand the basic concept of integrity. Here's here's the fifth point. Be your best at work. This is vocational integrity or business integrity. Do, Do you do your very best? Or do you slough off when the boss isn't watching? See, some people, some people only work hard when the supervisor is around. 
The rest of the time, they're goofing off. They're playing pranks on people. They're standing around by the water cooler gossiping. Or they're playing solitaire on the computer. They're taking longer breaks. They're coming in later at work, leaving early from the workplace. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9 says, A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. Another translation says, slack habits and sloppy work are as bad as vandalism. You may not have realized this. How serious God takes slacking off at work as a serious sin. It's a serious issue with God. Not to give a full day's work for full day's wages. Maybe other, listen, maybe other people don't care about integrity, but you as a follower of Christ should care about the fact that you are leaving a legacy, that you understand that there are rewards in eternity. You need to understand how integrity creates personal stability in your life. And if you cut the corners and you try to manipulate and mismanage the time that has been entrusted to you in the workplace, you are not going to walk in the fullness of God's blessing in your life. Maybe other people don't care about integrity, but you as a follower of Christ should care. If I'm not giving my best, the Bible says I am actually sabotaging or vandalizing somebody else's business. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 and verse 23. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. You see, if you are a believer, your boss isn't your earthly boss. Your boss is God. If you're a believer, your boss is the Lord. And whether anybody else sees your work ethic or not, you need to understand that God is watching. Your earthly boss may not be watching all the time. But God is watching you all the time. And you are being tested for integrity in a workplace, whether you are wasting time or not, or whether you are underutilizing the resources of your employer. Can you imagine if on Monday morning every Christian would walk into the workplace with integrity? Can you imagine what would take place if every Christian had the attitude that I'm going to work hard, I'm going to work cheerfully, and I'm going to give it my best today? Can you imagine... Can you imagine... If Christians gain the reputation of employers where they start at saying, we want to hire Christians because we can trust Christians, because Christians are the best workers, because Christians have integrity, because they put in the extra effort, because Christians go the second mile, because Christians don't cheat, because Christians are honest, because Christians are not lazy, because Christians work hard. Can you imagine... For just a moment, the incredible testimony and witness, if Christians in the world were to embrace their work environment like that, can you imagine the influence that Christians would have? That's just a thought, and I give it to you free. And lastly, lastly, be real with people. Common ways that you develop integrity, be real with people. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. 
We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and we don't manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. In other words, you're not a hypocrite. You don't wear a mask. You don't talk a certain way with and act a certain way with this group of people. And then you go over here and wear a different kind of mask. And you're acting another way over here with this group of people. You don't act one way in church and a different way at home and a different way at work again. You're not a pretender. You're not a phony. You're not a fake. You're not trying to be something that you are really not. Instead, you're simply an authentic, genuine person who is real, and you're the same with all people. And the way that you do this is by caring more about God's approval upon your life than the approval of other people. That's how you do that. In a world that is absolutely obsessed with appearance and image, in a world where people are faking it and skimming and cheating in order to keep up their appearances, the only way that you can maintain integrity is to care more about God's approval because living God's way is sometimes very unpopular in our culture and in our world today. As I close... I want to read one more psalm. This is a very fascinating and very important few verses in Psalm 15. I want you to hear these words. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on the holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Verse 3. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand forever. Now, now, did you listen? Did you hear the questions? The question is asked in verse 1. Who may worship in your sanctuary? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? That's the question that is being asked. Those questions, listen, those questions are a metaphor of what David is saying here. He is saying, God, who can get close to you? Who can truly be your friend, Lord? Who gets to live in your presence? Who is the one who can experience your power? Who can really understand your peace, God? God, who can truly be your friend? That's what's being asked here in the first verse of Psalm chapter 15. Who is it, God, that can truly be intimate with you? And then the answer is given in verse 2. Those who lead blameless lives. That's integrity. That's integrity. 
And then the next verses list several characteristics of a person who is considered to be integrous. Then there's a listing of things, if you recall. Now, when you evaluate your life and review what we talked about today in this teaching time, you think to yourself, wow, I don't know. There's no way that I measure up. (laughs) There's no way I measure up to these expectations that are listed there of who can be in the presence of God and who can be the friend of God and who can walk in and experience God's power, who can understand his peace. I don't know. I don't know if I can attain to that level, to those expectations. I don't know if I can attain to that. But here's the beauty of our gracious Heavenly Father. Fortunately for me, because of God's gracious countenance and gracious character, fortunately, God doesn't look at me and say, you're such a screw-up. You're full of mistakes. What a failure you are. Thankfully, God doesn't do that to any of our lives. Instead, God looks beyond our appearance God looks beyond our facial recognition and God by his spirit looks into the deepest recesses of our heart and in spite of my shortcomings in spite of my failures he sees a heart that is attuned to him who wants to do the right thing I want to be an integrous person I want to live a life that is a pleasing and a life that is a blessing to you O Lord I really want to be a person that walks in integrity and lives my life in integrity and when God sees that intention within your heart he says there is a person whose heart is inclined towards me and they're trying to live a life of integrity I see their heart I see their innermost being I'm going to bless that person. I'm going to bless them. My friends, it's never too late to start to be a person of integrity. My friends, it's never too late to respond to a life of integrity. You can start today. If something in this message resonated with you, there was a point that you needed to change and fix in your life, you can start today. And you can start today to experience God's blessing on your life. For God will bless those whose heart is pure, blameless, filled with integrity. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, may this challenging message resonate in each of our hearts. And may we, O oh God, lay our lives bare before you and may our motivation be that we would live in such a way so that you would bless our lives because we are people of integrity. I pray this on everybody who is here in the sanctuary right now and those who are watching online. I pray this for my own personal life. Lord, we want to be people of integrity so that your name, your life would be honored in this world. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and soon returning King, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're in the sanctuary, stand with me. If you're at home, you want to worship along with us as we close with one more song. God bless you.